0: I love you very much. Amen? As I was uh, just, just seeking God's heart, because I understand during this time it is important uh, that we uh, comfort. And the Spirit of God was reminding me that He's also known as Comforter. You know, you don't understand uh, who or what a Comforter is until you're in a place where you definitely need that comforting. And that's when he comes and he just blankets you with his love and his presence. And you begin to understand for yourself, ah, oh, now this is what comforting means. Amen? And I, I wanted to share God's heart. I was like, Father God, this is, this is, this is an unusual time. A time, yeah, of, of, of rejoicing because we understand uh, that living such a life, that pastor is now enjoying his peace, his rest, his reward. You know, but we are left behind, you know, we still grieve. Amen? If you look throughout the Bible, uh, griefing and uh, grieving is in order. Amen? Right. Amen? God gives us time to grieve, to grief and to understand, you know, the moan, the loss of such a great man. And I was asking God, I was like, Father God, I want to share. What do you want me to share with your people? Amen? Amen. And up until uh, sitting at the funeral, I was still trusting God, like, Father, I'm still waiting to hear because I want, I, I just want, I told you before, It gives me no pleasure just to stand up here just to speak. But every single time, I want to hear from the voice of God. Amen? Because my words, they're going to pass away, just like Pastor Tim's words. They passed away, and great men before him, they're gone on. But God says, my word will always remain. Amen? And though I may be long and gone, it's the word of God that will stand. And I was asking God, God, what do you want to say? And I was sitting right over there, and Pastor Tim's brother gave a scripture. He just alluded to it quickly. And right then and there, as he mentioned that scripture, the Spirit of God began to speak to me. And I want to use this as a basis. And if you were to give it a title or a talk, a topic, it would be Purpose in My Pain. Purpose in my pain. Amen? It's not just the pain that we are experiencing now. But as you go through life, uh, you, you, you will encounter pain. It, it is inevitable. As long as you're alive and you live long enough, at some point in your life, you're going to experience pain. And there's different levels of it. You know, for years and years, I remember growing up as a little boy, and I looked up to my dad as such a great man and, 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 and looked at mom, and I thought to myself, the thought never, ever crossed my mind that someday I would be without this great man. You know, as a little kid, we looked up to dad, and he was just a hero, just, just a man of faith. You know, I'm sure I, I, as Pastor Tim was, was, was in his early days, and you guys were younger. You looked up to, it would never be the day when I would be sitting here grieving for this guy. You know, it never crossed your mind. But yet here we are. And the Spirit of God says, as you encounter these moments in your life, I need you to understand my purpose always stands. Despite what you're facing, my purpose stands. So I want to look at purpose in our pain. Now, turn with me uh, briefly to Psalms chapter 18. And we're going to start at verse 11. Pastor Paul uh, mentioned this verse. He says, this was uh, David speaking in Psalms. He says, he made darkness... His secret place, his pavilion, round about him, were dark waters and thick clouds of the sky. He just mentioned the first part of that verse, and immediately the Spirit of God began to speak to me. He says, at times like these, when you experience such grief, there's a tendency to feel a level of darkness, the darkness of knowing or not knowing, right? When there's light, for instance, in this place, as we navigate throughout this church with the lights on, it's familiar. You know where to walk, what doors to go out, you look at pews to walk between. When you came in this morning, you didn't walk in here with some kind of uncertainty, right? You had light, you saw where you were going. But oftentimes, in grief like this, where we don't understand, there's the connotation of darkness, where, Father, we, we just can't really see exactly what you're doing here. Amen? But the Spirit of God began to speak. He says, I need you to understand, even in your darkest hour, he says, that is my secret place. Even darkness can't keep me away from you. Amen? And even in darkness, you are never away from me. Amen? Because in case you hadn't figured it out yet, even I own the darkness. Amen? The devil would want to tell us that even in the darkness of despair and grief, God is so far away. But we have to remember that God owns the darkness. In the beginning, he says, darkness was on the face of the earth and the Spirit of God moved. Just like right now, even in this time of grief, I want to let you know the Spirit of God still wants to move. Amen? Amen? Amen. Because pastor is now experiencing his reward. Guess what? We've still got a reward to live for. We've still got battles to fight. We have still got victories to won. And I know with all of his heart, he would want us to continue to fight. We spoke about that last week. You know, I sat there thinking all these thoughts were going through my mind this week. And from listening to many of you, I believe that we all believed with faith. I got there to the hospital and I prayed for hours, and I did not I, I I knew, I said, God, I understand your word. I understand your word. But in the midst of this, God has told me, He said, You know what? I need you to understand that even though you guys prayed and you had faith. When it was all and down, it still boiled down to me and Pastor Tim. And we could speculate and we could, personally, I just believed he got such a glimpse and he said, you know what, God, I, I think I'm going to stay over here, you know. When the Spirit of God whispered, you know what, they're going to be okay. Whether you're here or not, they're going to be okay. And he was like, really? Yep. I think I'm going to stay right here, God. This is just too good. But we just don't know, amen? But we understand who God is. Now, in the secret place, you need to write this down. You need to remember this, right? Because we established several things. One, that we will experience grief. We will experience pain. But in the darkness of pain and not knowing, God is still there. Amen? We need to understand that. Till so the next time you encounter something, remember, God is here. Amen? Jump down to verse 28 of the same, uh, same chapter. For thou wilt light my candle, the Lord my God will enlighten my darkness. He will enlighten our darkness. He will enlighten our pain, our grief. Amen? The scripture says, weeping endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. The thing about pain and grief, we've got to understand that we cannot allow it. You see, God allows pain and grief for one reason, but the enemy wants it for another thing. I've understand one thing in my life, and one of many things, one of the greatest things I came to understand, that every single thing of value that God created or allowed, the devil, he can't do away with it. But what he wants to do is, one, duplicate it, or two, distort it. If he can't duplicate it, He comes to distort it. Amen? And to get you away, one of the things in pain that the enemy wants to distort, he wants you to get to a point where you're so consumed with the pain and suffering that you can't move forward. Amen? Now, I'm here to let you know that is not in the will of God. Amen? He wants us in our pain and in our remembrance to say, I must move forward. Amen? I began to sit and think about this. I thought about this this morning. I was like, Father... There were such great men in the Bible. I thought about Paul, this man who wrote most of the New Testament. These things, oftentimes as Christians, we don't really spend the time to dig into to, to let it marinate. The Spirit of God was like, "Do you realize, Pastor Tim slept on into glory?" Unless you get real upset with me and wondering why, just pause for a second and think about the Bible. Now, we have Paul the Apostle, such a great man. He says Paul didn't just sleep on into glory. Paul was beheaded. Violent death. He said on top of that, the reason he got killed was because some girl, he said, to dance around before the king who had a wicked mother that was with the king's brother, and because of that, her mother said, the king says, ask me anything because what? He had too much to drink. And he told his wife, anything, up to half of the kingdom, I'll give it to you. Or the daughter. She went back to mama. Mama said, I want the head of Paul. John, I'm sorry, John the Baptist. Keep crossing. Paul was beheaded also. And the Spirit of God reminded me of these things. If you were to look at it naturally, you would say, my God, what I could see if he slipped on into glory nice and restfully, but it seems almost uh, pointless for him to leave this world like that. But yet, here we are, hundreds of years later, thousands of years later, and the church goes on and we read about their lives triumphantly. So in the midst of this we face, our story is still being written. Amen? We can't allow the enemy to cause us to stop our story from being written. Amen? He says he will enlighten My darkness. Now, Psalms chapter 39. David said, Whither shall I go from thy spirit, or whither shall I flee from thy presence? Verse 7, let's go to verse 11. If I say, Surely the darkness shall cover me, even night shall be light about me. He says, even if I, even if I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even night shall be light about me. A lot of metaphors there. David says, even in the midst of all of this, when the enemy thinks I'm in a dark place, he says, it is almost like your light surrounds me. In Gospel Temple, I want to let you know this morning that the life and the light of God still surrounds us. Amen? It still surrounds us. Verse 12, yea, the darkness hideth not from thee. He's talking about God. He says, but the night shineth as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to thee. Meaning, whether it's light, dark, gray, you know, whatever it is, he says, it doesn't matter to God. He says, God is still God in spite of all of it. And what he wants to do in our lives still continue. So, the greatest thing we can do to continue this legacy that was laid here in the foundation is to continue in the light, continue in this walk of faith. Amen? Amen? Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35 and verse 36. Cast not away therefore your confidence. Now, I thought I had everything together, and this morning, once again, still asking God, God, is there anything else? During my prayer time, he gave me this scripture. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. Cast not away your confidence. For the ones of us who prayed and spoke and prayed and believed, The enemy now wants to sneak in and says, you know what? You did all of that. You you, you have no grounds to stand on. You can't be confident anymore. Uh -uh. No, not so, believers. No, not so. We don't cast our confidence away from God. Amen? All we can say at this point is, God, we don't understand everything, but we remain confident in who you are. We must. Amen? Amen? Verse 36. For ye have need of patience, that after ye have done the will of God, ye may receive the promise. Now, I kind of touched on this a little bit last week about patience. He says, we don't cast our confidence aside because we have need of patience, that after ye have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. That after you have done the will of God, you will receive the promise. That after you have done the will of God... You will receive the promise. Did we do the will of God this week? I get. I heard a couple of. Yes. I could stand and say, yes. But he said, in all of this, we are in need of patience. Why is it so important that we have patience? Why? There's two different verses. I think Paul wrote in one about patience, but. I want to look at James. James touched a little bit of patience, on patience. Amen. James chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. I want to show you something here. James 1, verse 3 and 4. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Now, I don't know about you guys, but this was a trying of my faith. Amen? Come on, let's be honest about this. You see, the enemy don't want you to talk about this stuff. He wants to bombard your mind with these kind of thoughts so that he could pull you back in this place of despair. Amen? But James says, knowing this, knowing this, it is important that we know this, that the trying of our faith Worketh patience. Amen? Now, I I wanted to show you something here. I like looking at the Hebrew words, what what, what things mean. That word they use, patience, the Greek definition, endurance, enduring patient, patient continuance, as in, steadfastness, constancy, in the New Testament the characteristic of a man who is not swerved from his deliberate purpose and his loyalty to faith and the piety by even the greatest trials and suffering, one that, who is not swerved from his deliberate purpose. When your faith is tried, the Bible says it is to work our patience out. Let's go back to the next verse and see what's going on, right? Work it patience, But let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect and entire or perfect and complete, wanting nothing. It is important that you allow this faith to continue to work inside of you, to produce patience, understanding that God wants you to be complete in who you are. Amen? That in spite of this, it is so mind-boggling that we would think about grief and suffering and patience in negative connotation. But God says, even in this, don't you understand that when you suffer the most, and you might be thinking all hope is gone, that is the time that I'm working on making you complete. Wow! The enemy wants to use pain in your life to strip you down to the bone. But God is saying, I want to use this if you would allow me to have my perfect work in you to make you fully grounded and to producing you. Because remember, I mentioned this a while back, faith is something that needs to be grown. I mentioned that the last time that, that that scripture is so misused. People say, God has given to us, you know, given each one of us a measure. No, not a measure, the measure. All of us have got the same measure of faith, but it's up to us to allow the Spirit of God in us to grow that faith. Amen. Amen? He wants to grow. Listen, the best thing you could do during this time is to say, Father God, I didn't understand, but you know what? I still look for the next opportunity to exercise my faith. I will hope against all hope. It doesn't matter what the enemy comes says, what he does. I know what your word says and I will continue to stand in that confidence. You know that word confidence spoke of? The word confidence speaks of not being afraid to speak. Now many of you, many of us, The enemy enemy wants to silence our praise, silence our testimony, the same testimony that the word says we overcome by the word of our testimony. So if he could silence you, he would hinder your overcoming. But you cannot allow that. The greatest thing you can do is to say, you know what, I don't understand this, but you know what? I know who God is. I know who God is. I might not understand this situation, but I know who God is. Amen? Even in pain, God is still preeminent. The Spirit of God was showing me, even in spite of all of that, he says, I am still in control. I have got it. And you know what? And I've got you too. And my love has not failed. Now, I'm going to give you a preview of of next week. There's something the Holy Spirit began showing me this morning that was just mind-boggling. Having to do it when you experience stuff. Where you feel, where, where the enemy's got his own little thing orchestrated. Remember Miss Linda said that last week, the devil just don't know what he did. It's still true. He just don't know the hornet's nest, he just turned loose on him. Amen? In the lives of every single one of us. Now, I want to end on this. I'm not going to keep you long this morning. Romans 8, 28, a verse that we all know let's let, let's dissect it somewhat for i am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come let's continue it's so good we, we might as well nor height nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Right? So none of this separates us from the love. Now, why it is so important that we understand that nothing separates us from the love of God? Let's jump way back to verse 28. Could you put up verse 28 for me? And And we know, there's that word again, know. (laughs) Knowing time and experience with God brings you to a place of knowing, not guessing, but knowing. How do you know something? By experience and time. Amen? I know that that stool right there could hold my weight. Why? Because I've sat on it quite a few times. You know, these chairs could hold your weight. Why? Because you come Sunday after Sunday and you sit down, and the first time you might have had a question. But now you know. I didn't see anybody walk in this morning and do like this. No, you walk right in and you sat down right. Why? Time and experience. I'm here to remind you that as you live your life, God wants you to have enough time and experience with who He is that you could move from just simply believing to knowing amen, who got it now, and he says, and we know, many Christians struggle right there, because we haven't got to that place where we can say, and we know, many of us says, and we think, and we believe really strongly, because pastor's been preaching it for a while, brother Dexter's been saying, for, I, I, I really do, you need to get to that point, and we know, That all things work together for the good. Even though you may not understand, it is for the good. Amen. To them that love God. Do you love God? Come on, I'm going to say it again. I know we loved Pastor Tim. I love him with all my heart. But I want to take it a little further now. Do you love God? Amen. Because that is when all things have got to work together for you. He says to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. Now, I said pain or purpose in our pain. The enemy's plan is to get you off of your purpose. Why? Because we just read it right there. What happened to people who are living and who are operating according to the called purpose of God in their lives? What happened? We just read it. All things have got to work together. Not might, it has got to. When you, Listen, when the Spirit of God gave me this a while ago, he says, stop worrying about how the wind blows, whether it blows to the right or to the left. It doesn't matter who is doing what on where, what accomplishments you do. About. He says, I need you to understand what is your purpose. That's why I've gotten to the point in my life, I don't fight it for anything. I, the only thing I want to do is, God, what is your purpose for my life? Because once I'm living in that purpose, everything has got to work together for my good. Amen. We said it last week. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. Here's another verse that goes with that. He told his disciples. He says, and these signs shall do what? That means Wherever you go, these things need to be following you. If you don't see them, begin to look for them. If you can't find them, ask yourself, God, am I walking and living according to your purpose? What is your purpose this morning? And are you going to allow a little bit of pain to stop you from your purpose? The answer should be a resounding no. Devil, I don't care what you bring. I don't care what you shoot at me. When you shoot your fiery darts, I take on the shield of faith. Because the Bible says it will quench all of your fiery darts. He says, whatever you speak, I'm going to speak the word of God. Why? Because it is the sword. And it cuts every single thing. All things work together for the good to them who love God, to them who are the called according to whose purpose? That means in the midst of all of this, whatever, and this is for every one of us, whatever the enemy is trying to tempt you to be worried about, stop. Whatever the enemy is trying to get us to a point that we are worried about, stop it. All we need to be concerned about God, what is your purpose? What is your purpose? The Spirit of God has been laying on me. Listen, folks, I've been impressed. All I want to do now most of the time is getting to His present. I spend more time praying. And I know I'm not the only one. Many of you feel it. Whatever I'm doing, I want to keep praying. Whether I'm working, whether you see my lips moving or not, whether I'm driving, I'm constantly wanting to tap into the Spirit of God. When I can't speak in my natural language, I move into the heavenly language. I pray in the Spirit of God. Wherever I am, Why? Because I realize if I can stay linked up to the presence of God, I will stay linked up to my purpose. And if I'm linked up to my purpose, everything has got to align itself. Many of you, God, have shown you things years and years ago. You know, I heard someone speaking about this, and I mentioned this uh, a couple of Sundays ago, that God's plan, faith, is outside of time. God don't operate on time. He lives outside of time. And many things he may place in your heart and your mind and your spirit, and you're thinking, God, it's been six whole months. Some of us, six days. God, it's been six days since you showed me this. Why? God showed Moses who he was supposed to be Now 40 years. He gave Abraham, told Abraham who he was to be. I think it took 80 years. And many of us get thrown off after 80 days. God, what? God, I, I, I can't do this no more. You promised me someone prophesied over me 14 days ago, last week at the revival, and I ain't seen it happening yet, Father God, and I had enough of this. And God is saying, what? You might need to open my book and look in there. You may need to check it out and see what has happened. Amen? Amen. Don't let the pressure of pain thwart your purpose. And I'm not just saying this to you, I'm saying it to every single person. Because certainly if Moses could wait all these years, 40 years, and Abraham 80 years, and so many others, certainly, like was read this morning, God's purposes and His plan stands. Only person could stop the purpose of God in your life is you. Only person. And until you get that in your mind and in your heart, the enemy is going to continue to come, continue to try and trick you. Continue. Why? He wants you running helter-skelter all over the place. That's, what, that's his plan. And there's been many a church who've just torn up and fall apart. Why? Because the pastors. that any church that breaks up after a pastor leaves, that's a problem. Amen? I'm going to say it again. Any church that breaks apart after a pastor dies or leaves, you got to look at your focus. When the focus is where it needs to be, guess what? It still stands and move on because as God was with Pastor Tim, he is still God with us. Amen? And we will march on in the name of of Jesus. Come on and stand with me. That's all I have for you this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I just wanted to encourage you this morning because the Spirit of God told me, encourage his people. Encourage them. He says, encourage them in the purpose. Pastor Tim has gotten his reward. He lived according to the purpose. He says, now encourage each one. Yes, you may not have reverent or a title in front of your name. You may not be a pastor this or bishop this or this, this. But guess what? As long as you are a child of God, guess what? There's a purpose to your life. Amen. Young people, according, as long as you're a child of God, you've got... You know what? Every single person was created with a purpose. Yeah. Amen? Amen? Yeah. So now the challenge to you is God... How do I live up to my purpose? Yeah, when I die, I want great and wonderful things to be said about me, like they were said about Pastor Tim, like they were said about my dad. But the greatest thing I want to be said, I want when I get before God, God says, Dex, you lived out your purpose. I don't want to leave this place fulfilling partial purposes, half a purpose, three-quarter purpose. 75% purpose, I want to leave here and I want to fulfill 100% of the purpose I was placed here for. I don't care if I get another title, another accolade, it matters not to me, but when I stand before God, he says, you have fulfilled your purpose. Because when I do that, I know great will be my reward. Because I fulfilled my purpose here. And great will be every single one of your reward when you fulfill the purpose for which you were placed here on earth lift your hands with me